In this fourth episode of the PK Experience, I interviewed Justin Patrick Pierce. Now, Justin is somebody I came across sort of by accident. I was actually trying to get a hold of David Data, who is the author of the wildly famous book, Way of the Superior Man, among other books and programs and seminars. And in my search for trying to get a hold of David Data, I came across Justin. Justin is one of David's lead trainers in David's programs, but Justin also has his own program called Metaphysical Fitness. And in this conversation, and frankly throughout all of David Data's work as well as Justin's work, uh, they tap into sort of the spiritual masculine and spiritual feminine. And I will sort of give you a little bit of a heads up before we get into this interview that Justin is not, you know, this conversation that we have is not your, you know, run-of-the-mill water cooler conversation. This is a, a little bit of a different type of conversation that taps into, again, the divine masculine and feminine. So there's some concepts in here that's not your everyday sort of conversation. So keep an open mind when you listen to this. And I would really love to hear what you think about it and what your takeaways are on it. So without further ado, here's the conversation that I had with Justin Patrick Pierce. Thank you. All right, I am excited to share today's guest with you. His name is Justin Patrick Pierce. Justin is the founder and creator of metaphysicalfitness.com, which I will let you tell uh, us a little bit more about in a minute. Uh, but he is also the lead trainer for David Data, whose best-selling book, Way of the Superior Man, has influenced just about all of the top thought leaders in the area of relationships and masculine and feminine energy. He also has a very sort of spiritual approach to all of his work. So um, it's really, really fascinating. And I actually tried to uh, reach out to David, but he's got a crazy tra uh, travel schedule. And Justin reached out, and I'm so glad you did, man, because I have looked more and more into your work and then also had the privilege of doing a one-on-one -on -one session with you last week. And uh, it's, it's mind-blowing stuff. So I'm excited to share uh, your knowledge and expertise with, with my audience. So for those that know David and his work through the way of the superior man and his other workshops and whatnot, he has a very spiritual um, uh, philosophy about the masculine and, and feminine forces. And what's really intriguing and exciting about what you've done is you've taken that philosophy and you've kind of married it to the physical realm and created metaphysicalfitness.com. Tell us a little bit more about what that is and uh, what problems does that solve for people? Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me first, Peter. Yeah, it's a pleasure you. to be here. Um, metaphysical fitness is exactly what you described. Uh, in my years of training, um, doing David's work, as well as my decade background experience in physical fitness as a personal trainer as well, I found ways to create the essence of masculine or feminine inside of the body by the way that you move, the way that you breathe, your posture, the way you hold your body, the way you show up. So your vitality and your energy in that space absolutely matters in how you're emanating the masculine or feminine essence through your body. So just like a muscle, I can train your body to either embody more masculine or more feminine energy. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. So I've taken that model and now I work with men, my fiance works with women, and we train them around the world how to deepen their masculine expression through these practices. And then also with David, we offer workshops where men and women come together and they actually get to test these skills and get live feedback to see how they are showing up. Mm 
well, before I, my mind like wanders off into what the testing actually looks and sounds mm-hmm. like, um, why don't you sort of uh, when when guys come to your workshop, where are they? What do they What do they normally come to you with? Um, like, what are their stucks? What are they missing? And what what are some of the pitfalls that the average man uh, falls into that you help them resolve? I noticed two main categories. One main category is the men who are about um, 45 to 65 range. And they've, they're entrepreneurs. They've dominated the business world. They've kicked ass in their lives. And they're looking at their life and saying, wait a minute, there's a piece of my life that's missing and it's the relationship. Mm-hmm. And they realize they haven't cultivated this expertise that they haven't everywhere else in their life. So they're coming to learn, how do I increase polarity? How do I find the right woman? How do I improve my relationship with the woman I have? How do I have deep intimacy and love in my life? And then that usually carries into their, uh, their children and so forth. The uh, other- let, me, let me pause you really quick. You mentioned the word polarity, <clears throat> and that's a, that's a term that's, that's often used in, um, in this realm. But for those that aren't familiar with that, uh, explain what that is and what that means. Yeah. So a lot of different lineages and um, spiritual practices of the past speak in the terms of polarity. Um, Eastern philosophy has yin and yang. Um, uh, the Tantra has masculine feminine. So there's many ways that this has been depicted, but in nature, we're always looking at everything as positive, negative charge. And in terms of relationship, masculine, feminine. So the more one embodies one end of the pole and the other person embodies the other, we create this very strong, um, those sparks of intimacy, those flames. Uh, the magnet draws itself together if you've ever felt yourself drawn into someone. Why? Why are you suddenly drawn into that person, whether you know them, spoken to them? So through thousands of years of practice, people have studied this and, and cultivated this art. How do I polarize that woman in front of me? So the way they've done this is through embodiment practices. What do I need to embody to create that intimacy in my life? That could be done through words, through postures, as I said. And the dynamic there is just to create these beautiful moments of deep connection so we can create profound opening and love inside of our relationships. So that's the basis of polarity. And it goes into nuanced specifics in how do we define which is which, which I'm happy to do if you'd like to go there as well. Yeah, for sure. Let's go back uh, to the original question about, you were talking about that men come to you and they're sort of in one of two different categories where they get stuck. What was the second category? The second category is almost a younger generation. I'd say 30s, 35, um, right around that area for men. And this is new to me. It just seems over the past five, five, 10 years at most, These men are coming out and they're saying, man, I want to start my life this way. I want to show up in the world and bring everything I can. And maybe they have, um, they've already experienced in their young adulthood, some issues with sex, some issues with opening, some issues with dating, uh, some issues with getting up and staying aroused during sex and just wanting to figure it out. But it's coming from a place of wanting to learn it at this younger age so they because they're understanding how important it is to imply this across all areas of their life. They're using it in building their businesses. They're using it in public speaking. They're using it in so many different areas, and it's nice to see that awakening, and it seems to be growing. 
It definitely does. I, I mean, I sense just a huge trend in the desire for authenticity, for fulfillment, for purpose. What does that mean? How do I find my own sense of that? Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I think so much of us are inundated with um, the the materialism of a culture that has done very well uh, on 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 certain levels, but we've lost perhaps the the, the groundedness and the Saturnness that um, I think a lot of us are inherently discovering that, hey, there's something missing here. So, you know, I, I had somebody tell me recently that, you know, the greatest failure that can, can bestow upon a man is to achieve massive success and have no fulfillment. And, uh, and yet on the other spectrum, could you live on a shack in a shack, you know, with very little material success and yet find massive fulfillment. And would that be a life well lived? I would argue that perhaps that would be it. And certainly if I had to choose between the two, I would choose fulfillment. So how do you help men discover their authenticity, their authentic purpose? Uh, let me actually, let me just open it up to that. How do you, how do you help men do that? There's something I say to men and it's an important distinction. Purpose is not something we decide. It's something we allow ourselves to be. It already exists inside of us. And it's literally dying to come out of us. Mm -hmm. And our job is just to get the hell out of the way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I think we spoke to this. We talked about, you know, the different place. Where do these drivers come from within us? So they're coming from a need to prove ourselves to our world, to feel like, Hey, see, I'm, I'm valuable. I can do this. I'm, I'm enough, mom and dad. Or see what I'm capable of achieving. Maybe it comes from a place of proving. If it's coming from that place, it may or may not be attached to your deepest purpose. But what we do is we give you practices to release that, those fears, those tensions, those clenches, so that you can find a deeper essence of truth inside of you. And we practice to open the body, to strengthen the body so that as you become more vulnerable in that place, you have the breath and strength to hold you there so you don't collapse. And then you have the ability to trust to move in that direction. And it's just a constant re-examining. What am I doing? Where am I at? Where do I need to go? Over and over. And then breathing into that space and showing up into that. All right. So I, I, can, I can already feel the collective eye roll and the collective like oh that that's a little woo woo right mm -hmm. I, there's going to be some people that hear this and go i get it man and i'm going to dive in you know feet first there's going to be those others that have that other sort of uh, especially with men right you're out on the coast correct we are yes right so so i'm in the middle of the midwest and uh we're not quite as in touch with our feelings as as uh our our coastal brothers might be. So mm -hmm. let's, let's ground it a little bit. Let's bring this into a little bit more practicality. What does that actually mean? You mentioned the other day when we talked, when we spoke that a lot of men come in with this sense of I've got a problem and I'm going to solve it. I'm going to fix it. Right. And what I, what was really brilliant about what you shared was that that intuition of I'm going to go solve this problem is actually counter uh, counterproductive. And that what actually needs to happen is what you were just talking about was a release and, and perhaps going more into that feminine. So can you give us something that's, a, that's practical, like a practical application? If somebody's really stuck with something, is there a, a process or a, a something to think about that helps them 
uh, resolve that, move beyond that? Yes, there's tons of practices. The first thing I think is very important to say is that living a life of your highest or third stage purpose, as David would call it, to achieve that level is a privilege. And in order to get there, we must first overcome our survival fears. So if your life is driven by, oh, I don't have enough money, I have to get up and schlep so I have enough money to feed my family. I need to um, grind through this job at work so I have enough resources to prove to everyone else that I'm worth something. Or I need that car, I need that house so that I can feel this way in the world. Those drivers are almost related to a sense of survival, of proving to oneself what we call it first stage drivers. As long as you're operating your life from there, no matter what you acquire, as you said, you can acquire masses. And I work with men who have millions and millions of dollars who've done this. And they end up empty. They say, what's my life worth? What's there? And once they arrive there, suddenly they have this spaciousness to escape that survival mentality and really feel into what do they need to do in this world before they die. What do they need to give to their kids? What, what, how deep do they need to love? Some people discover that before they achieve all those millions and then they get started very early and they say, okay, I feel into this truth. I, can, I know that place. So that's the framework that we work in. And then any masculine who comes to me, I tell them, the only thing standing between where you are and where you want to be is fear. That's it. So you ask yourself that, well, is that true? And then that's where we go into the meditation. Is that true for you? Mm -hmm. And we find that truth. So the biggest test for the masculine to cultivate your masculine is that constant stepping into fear. And that comes with a lot of vulnerability and feeling the emotions that come up in those places. So it does sound woo-woo, but when you're really in the moment stepping into those fears, you'll watch grown men, strong men, break down in tears when they face that truth inside of themselves. Yeah. And that is the only way to discover that deep purpose. And if, if somebody's being truthfully honest with themselves, any man that's excelled or, or that's operating at an extremely high level, you see the authenticity. And that authenticity is not faked. It can't be fabricated. It can't be um, uh, measured by an external source. It comes from within and, and you acknowledge that. And so I think what you're talking about is pointing to that path of a vulnerability that ultimately leads to that concrete uh, centeredness that men, I think, often are looking for. Um, so let's, if you're willing, um, can we step into a practice? Um, uh, one of the things that, that I loved about the work that you and I did last week was um, just becoming more aware of the, the primal intelligence already in my body that you, you sort of started off this whole conversation with. Like my body already knows, or, for, or maybe another way to look at it is um, when I'm feeling inauthentic, when I'm off, my body, there's a, there's a footprint to it. There's a signature to it. Um, and then therefore there's a signature to uh, the posture and the breathing. This is what you were really kind of showing me and bringing into my awareness of, of full authenticity. Can you give us a practice right now that, that helps men step into the primal intelligence that's already within. Yes. The first thing I want to give you is the distinction. There's a totally different, it's a totally different thing to feel. How am I feeling? 
what do I feel like? Do I feel powerful? Do, do I feel good? Am I showing up in my fullest? And it's a totally different thing for your woman to feel that from you or the men you're standing in front of to feel that from you. So in our practices, we need to know how am I affecting the people around me? Do the people around me trust me based on the way that I'm sitting? Well, if I'm slouched over and I'm chewing on my thumb fingernail versus my hands are rested on my sides, my belly's breathing deeply, my spine is straight, my chin's tucked, and my gaze is completely present. Who's more trustable in that moment? Mm -hmm. The challenge for, for all of us is that's exhausting to live that way, to constantly be worried, okay, how am I showing up to this person? How am I, uh, how's this person, is they trusting me? Can they feel my integrity inside of my body just standing next to me? That has massive implications in your relationship and in your business. So if you're not willing to first consider that, you're not going to go very far because otherwise we're only concerned with how do I feel, what's going on in my body. Mm -hmm. So that's the first framework I want to give. So when you stand in front of your woman and she asks you a question, or let's say she's, she's mad at you, you get into an argument. Now, you could flare up and flare your arms and start yelling and feel the blood rush to your head and argue back at her. But what happens when you become still, you relax your lower belly and begin breathing deeply? You lock your eyes into hers and inside of yourself, you just say, I love you. I love you forever. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. You could say it out loud or you could say it to yourself. But what changes in that moment in your life for her? And that's what we call a third stage moment is I don't want to do that. I want to, don't want to hear her cry or scream or get away from me. I don't need this. I'm busy enough. Mm -hmm. But we call it third stage because I'm doing it for her. I'm doing it for that group of men that's standing in front of me. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm scared. I'm vulnerable. But I'm going to hold my posture, breathe deep into my belly, keep my eye contact on you and feel everything that you're saying to me. And inside of myself, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm with you. I'm present. I love you. If it's your, someone you love. Mm -hmm. That's a practice anyone can immediately begin trying. So if you want to get into specifics on technique, how we can get there, I'm happy to do that yeah, too. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the first thing you want to do is Let's start with a generic standing posture. So anyone who's doing this can try this on because uh, seating postures, there's so, so many of them. But if we go into a standing posture, you want to position your feet directly under your shoulders, slight bend in the knees. Your toes are pointing perfectly straight out in front of you, parallel. And you're resting your body weight into your lower body completely. So you should feel the muscles in your quads and your glutes and your calves really engage so that you're feeling supported by your lower body. And when you do that, you want to begin relaxing then your chest. You can do some neck rolls to roll out any tension in your neck. And what you're automatically doing is driving the energy and consciousness, your awareness down to your lower body. A woman standing in front of you, just by doing that, she's going to feel you completely differently than if you just, you know, 
bombarded yourself into the room. You're up in your head. You're talk, thinking about what you need to do at work. Your mind is going a million miles a minute. You're not present in that moment. So just by doing that one portion of the exercise, you've got her attention a different way and you've automatically begun polarizing her if she's receptive to that, which most women are looking for it constantly. Mm-hmm. Once you have that structure going on, uh, slight bend in the legs, you're grounded, feet are parallel shoulder width, your upper body's relaxed. You want to begin breathing in down the front surface of your body, filling your belly as large as it can go, and then exhaling gently, softening your breath. Now, ultimately, what you want to do is continue breathing that way and holding that stillness, because stillness is that quality of the masculine. If you can get her attention in that state, you can just breathe down the front surface of her body with yours. So you're breathing with her. When she inhales, you notice and you breathe with her. She exhales, you notice and you exhale. And just as she inhales, you breathe her down the front surface of your body. And I know this sounds woo. I know it sounds totally crazy. Like, dude, this is bullshit. You can take any woman off of the street And as long as she's in a safe environment and isn't scared of you, she needs to trust you for this to work. As long as she trusts you, you will watch your woman open in front of you. And in that moment, something divine happens. It's just the start. It's just where it starts. But that's a practice every man can begin applying to their life immediately. And if it's not with your intimate partner, it could be with your mother. It can be with your daughter. It can be, and I, yeah, this isn't just about sex. This right. is about connection. Right. I have, I have a man whose his daughter's been in the hospital for about 10 years. You know, I'm struggling, fighting for her life. And he will see her every day and he will breathe her. Hmm. He will sit at her bed and breathe her every day as a way to connect in this way. So she feels held and supported. He'll just sit there and as she, he'll breathe for her into his body. That is the deepest way we can physically connect spiritually, and that's the start of polarity. Yeah, um, that's pretty deep, man. Um, I, I, you mentioned something, and I want to make a, a distinction. You talked about that if the woman trusts you, this opens the door for connection. And I would, I would respond, and I, I think you probably would actually agree with this, that when you tap into that, when you show up in that way, that breeds the trust that she's so desiring. That's correct. Uh, and, and as a man, or at least I should say in masculine energy, masculine energy leads. And so That's I think where a lot of men go wrong is that they are seeking that approval first. You know, like, do you trust me? Because then if you do, then I'll do this. As opposed to, this is who the F I am, and I'm going to show up in this way, and I'm going to be centered and grounded. And that breeds that trust and, and gives her the space to actually let go and, and relax into her feminine. And I've seen this done actually live. Otherwise, I think it'd be a little bit weird too. But when you actually experience it and you see it, it's extremely powerful and it's extremely profound. And frankly, it's, it's freeing. And you find sort of that psychological, emotional, spiritual home base that's been missing. You know, that's that piece that I think a lot of people are missing. Um, I don't know if you have any follow-up to that. I have some more questions to ask you, though. Yes, I would say that's spot on. And it's a beautiful uh, distinction that you brought up because it's true. That is what we're creating here. I just want to add one idea to that is, 
David would call, there's one distinction there between a first stage and a third stage embodiment of that. How do I elicit that trust? How do I earn that trust from her? In Let me interrupt you really quick. So first yeah. stage again is really more about me. It's about survival. I. Second yeah, stage not... is what again? Second stage is you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. That's where a lot of marriages end up, partnership. So transactional partnership. Transactional and no polarity doesn't exist there. Okay. The uh, and then third stage is about service, about giving about their need first. That's correct. Got it. Sorry to interrupt. I just want to make sure that was clear for anybody listening. No, it's perfect. So when we embody or when a man embodies that first stage masculine that you were describing, this is who I am. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. I'm going to be this way. I'm decisive. I don't care how my decisions affect anybody else, but these, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. You will see those men constantly attract first stage women. Hot first stage women will gravitate towards that because out of the environment, Who's the most decisive dude in the place? It's this guy. Who's the most immovable you know, uh, entity? He's just full in himself. He's not going anywhere. No one can change his mind. He's stubborn, maybe. He's, a, he's the bad boy. He's the bad boy. Right. And women gravitate towards that because he's the most decisive, powerful person in the place, even though it comes from a selfish place. Not from a place of caring about anyone else or even the woman who's attracted to him. But just because he holds that dynamic and the polarity, he is attractive to certain women. And if women can't find a third stage man holding it that strong, they're going to settle for the dude in first stage because it's better than a, a dude who can't make up his mind at all and just, eh, just kind of floats with the breeze. Yep. So they're attracted to that. Now, if we want to be in third stage, we want to still show up. This is who I am. This is my fullness. These are my decisions. But I'm making these decisions for your greater good, for the greater good of everybody here, not for selfish reasons. And that's a huge distinction in these energies and what we're looking for as we move to the third stage mm -hmm. is, as you mentioned, in service. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Uh, I'm curious if you'd be willing to share with us, how did you get into this work in the first place? What was your, what, what's your personal purpose in this? That might be a good place to start. When I was about seven years old, my grandfather taught me meditation in private. He taught me how to use my mind um, through visualization and breathing techniques, posture techniques, and I began cultivating that at a very young age. Those practices took me into some very esoteric places, and I continued keeping that as part of my private life. I didn't share this with anybody, by the way. Simultaneously, I was in fitness, and these worlds were separate to me. And then about seven years ago, I met my fiance now. And when we connected, I was able to suddenly connect with her. First time I've dated a lot of women. She was the first woman I could ever share that part of me with, and she was totally responsive to it. I could breathe her. I could touch her in subtle body ways that she was responsive to. And I said, where is this coming from? So she was working with David. Hmm. So she dragged me into hmm. David Data. I would never go to <laughs> an intimacy workshop. I, would, I mean, most men wouldn't. They're like, what? So I show up in this world and suddenly I'm putting these practices with women 
where I'm doing these postures, I'm breathing them, I'm gazing them, and I'm watching these women respond to these things that I've been cultivating all my life, but I didn't know had these applications. And very quickly, that opened my eyes to a whole new world. uh, And I began, within the next year and a half, I began assisting David at his workshops, teaching the men, applying fitness to all of the coaching, and then privately beginning teach men masculine embodiment and intimacy on my own. And I've been doing that now for what, uh, steadily five years in this new business. And then that created metaphysical fitness in January, 2013. So that's just about three years old now. Yeah. Uh, it's fascinating work. I, uh, I had a similar experience too, where you actually experience other people opening up and respecting that energy. And then all of a sudden it clicks, you know, because it is, it is a little bit out there until you really, uh, until you really experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so what are some? Do you have any examples or stories that you can share of of maybe of the typical person, kind of how they started? You know, the, the typical guy, how they came to you, some of the work that they did, and then what their experience is like now, and and how they show up, and what's different. Like, what's what's possible with this kind of work? I, give me some tangible. Um, measurable things that I can say, look, when, when you do this kind of work, this is what comes out of it. And this is what I can bring to my life. I have a group of men who've been doing this work for years who are students of mine and also peers. And this is the life path we push each other towards. So uh, we'll talk about that as I go through. When each man shows up to this work, his first thought is, man, my relationship sucks or it's failing. I need to, this is my last resort. Therapy's not working, and so I need a different solution. Or, man, I can't find, I can't attract the women I want to attract. Why? What's wrong with me? I need new skills so I can learn how to attract the women I want to attract. Mm-hmm. So these men show up, and suddenly they start exploring these embodiment techniques, and they realize, wow, I, don't, I can't breathe deep into my body. Wow, I'm not even able to sit still without fidgeting and biting my nails or scratching my ass or doing all of these things. Right. They're so unconscious of themselves. They realize, wow, is this what I'm doing in the world? And as they, ha- as they sit in front of another woman, another woman, another woman, a woman's going to give you feedback and tell you how you- she's seeing you. Total strangers. And after you have 24 women tell you that they don't trust you, you're weak, you're not in your purpose all these things they can feel. Suddenly it hits you like a ton of bricks and you go, what the hell? So these guys who are coming to learn about how to have better sex or how to have a woman orgasm from across the room, whatever their agenda was, are suddenly realizing this woman's attracted to me because she can feel me embodied in my purpose. Mm. This woman's attracted to me because she can feel my depth and my breath. This woman's attracted to me because she can feel how present I am in this moment. This woman's attracted me because she can feel me stepping into my fear. She could feel me feeling my death. And that blows minds. And once you're able to go there inside yourself, and then the women start giving you feedback saying, you're more attractive now. You're opening my body. Um, your, your numbers where you used to get a three become a nine. You're getting a 10. The connections are only made in those moments. And that's why it's so important for men to experience this because otherwise you'll never believe me. No, this is so anti what most men think they need to do to, to, to show up with more confidence or whatever. It's, 
it's almost the antithesis of of their of their plight of their agenda um which is comical to see play out of course um you said something actually that was very interesting did you say i think i heard you correctly did you say feel your death yeah okay so what does that mean when a woman feels your death or what does that mean to yourself feel your death explain that in deep spiritual practice, the feminine always wants to feel you as consciousness. She wants to feel your vastness, your eternalness, your nothingness. And men love nothingness. I mean, we love that place. She just wants to feel that place you love. So when we can feel into our death and even past that, feel your mortality. Feel, your, to feel whatever's on the other side. And whether you believe it's an afterlife or not is irrelevant. Feel into forever when you're gone. And drop into that place. Feel it in your heart. Does that scare you a little bit? Good. Breathe from that place. And gaze into her eyes from that place, feeling that truth of your own mortality. Or maybe her own mortality. And breathe that to her in a single moment, in a deep moment where she feels safe. You know, that's important, as we said. And watch what happens to her. Her heart's going to open in a way that it just doesn't open any other way. So getting in touch with our death, getting pressing into our fears regularly is our practice. And the more we push our edges, I'm terrified to get in front of crowds um, and sing or perform. So that's exactly what you need to do. Mm -hmm. I'm terrified to skydive. So that's exactly what you need to do. I'm terrified to quit my job, move to Hawaii and start the business I really want to. And a lot of the men we work with do. <laughs> and once you do, you begin embodying that truer purpose that we're talking about. Where it's not about proving, but it's about being so in touch with your mortality and your death, you realize, wow, I need to give this gift now because I'm not going to get another shot. Yeah, dude, that's, that's really profound. <laughs> that's really profound. Some of, so many of us... Uh, push our fear away thinking that someday right someday i'll overcome it someday i'll have enough balls to to push through etc um and what you're really talking about is going beyond that fear and surrendering and accepting it's all going to end mortally speaking it's all going to end one day but this but there's the spirit within that is authentic and that um is a gift and that we only you know we're on this plane of existence for only so much time and and now is the time to give that gift I, you know i i really resonate with that because i've i've kind of shifted into that place personally for me in the last couple of years of of uh you know i'm getting i just turned 40 so it's like that stereotypical midlife crisis <laughs> um but uh Anyway, this is, this is fascinating stuff. I mean, I, we could probably talk about this all day long, and, and uh, we're we're getting a little bit towards the end of the call here. But um, maybe you can share some more advanced level stuff. So, for people that are familiar with David's work, um, what are what's what what's sort of the next step once you become aware and you and you work out that muscle as you we were talking about of of total presence and authentic purpose. Is there another level? What's that next level if there is one? What do you, how do you help people at that point? The levels are eternal. Yep. And once you think you figured it out, you, gotta, <laughs> you just made things more challenging. Right. It's easy at first right. to get results. Very easy. 
So let's just say an advanced practice I would give someone just as an example would I would say, okay, you've cultivated enough. Every single time you get into an argument, a real argument with your intimate partner, I want you to end it in lovemaking. You are not allowed to end this dynamic unless it ends in lovemaking, some form of intimacy. can be intercourse or it could be another form uh, if you want to breathe her, massage her, whatever. But that's an advanced practice we do all of the time. And you can feel in your nervous system in that moment when she's screaming or she's really upset. The last thing you want to do is breathe deeply, stare into her eyes, tell her you're not going anywhere and love her and step into her chaos. I mean, that's terrifying for a man, really, when, it's, when the moment's real. But we practice that. And then you go into her when she can feel your immovability, that she can't budge you with her chaos, that you'll still breathe her eternally. Something shifts. And if you can stay with that to the point of then turning that into lovemaking, that's an advanced practice that we do all the time. I practiced this for a year straight. It was one of the most profound things I did for my relationship. Mm. So that's just a taste of right. one, one thing, but it goes eternally. All right. So let me, let me ask you from a, a different angle here. A lot of what you've been talking about is the polarization between the masculine and feminine. But what about a relationship between the masculine and the masculine? For example, a father-son relationship or a peer-to-peer relationship. Um, what are those things that are uniquely masculine that um, is not necessarily universal with the feminine? Like what are those things that are specifically masculine that for the man who's looking to tap more into his primal masculine core, what are those things so that we're very clear on what that looks like? One example is the feminine is very responsive to praise. If you want to get her to do something or if you want to guide her, saying, oh, I love when you do that. Oh, you're beautiful when you do that. Um, And encouragement generally will inspire her to keep moving in that direction. With men, they need challenge. Challenge is what brings out the essence of the masculine core to its roots. So when men get together, call each other on your bullshit. Challenge them to step up. Say, you know what? You're not showing up in your life this way. You need to show up like this. And obviously, again, trust is an issue here. You don't want to hear that from someone you don't trust. Say, fuck you. I'm sorry. Couldn't curse. But you're not responsive to that. But what we do is we create groups of men. There's tons of men's groups that do this now. Create a group of men you trust. So you could get honest feedback so they could challenge you. And that's how you really get the masculine to deepen himself. You continuously call him out on where he's not showing up and give him a challenge to test where he's at. Mm -hmm. That's how you most of the time. And there's a million ways to do that. But that's the principle of the masculine development. So challenge is is central to the masculine force. uh, And obviously what comes out of challenge is Courage. To me, courage, I think, is probably the, the anchoring uh, quality behind the challenge, right? And that's why we're, um, while we gravitate towards, or, or, you know, we aspire to other men who are courageous. Uh, everything that we've been talking about today for the average dude who's just, you know, just now starting to, to listen to this and, and, and have this, has this now on his peripheral, uh, there's a. <laughs> You know, give a man a mountain and say, climb that mountain, get to the top, and most men are going to drop and, and go for it, right? 
this is a different kind of courage. This is a different type of challenge because the mountaintop isn't so clear. It's not so linear. This is, this is, uh, I guess there is linear linearness to it, but, um, for most men who aren't as aware with this, it's very, uh, it, it can be very disorienting and whatnot. So, um, I'm trying to just add on to what you just talked about and the idea of courage and the challenge. Like th- this is the thing. If you bring this up, if you're listening to this right now, if you bring this up with the women in your life, um, or if you try it out, take some of the techniques that Justin's been talking about and try it out and get that positive feedback, you will find, I have found, at least in my most recent experience, that women are just desperate for this level of energy and connectedness from a masculine source. Um, sure, there are women who are stepping into their masculine and doing amazing things, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of women who who their core is still feminine. And even if they go out and they slay the dragon all day, they still want to return to home base, so to speak, emotionally, you know, psychologically, spiritually, that a man in his presence can offer to her. So, um, you know, I, I, to me, this is a, it's a challenge for men. Uh, I think a lot of men listening to this will say, I don't even know what you're talking about. It sound it might sound interesting. It might sound, but what again? Once you start to get those results, you start to see that path, and you start to see the the and the courage, obviously required to to step. You're speaking so effortlessly and so uh, almost poetically, like just your energy. It's clear that you've already done a lot of this work. Obviously, you're 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 the you're the metaphysical fitness guy, but for the average guy who's used to speaking, and you know we have. What do they say? There's only most people, and especially men, have like 30 words, if that, to describe what they're feeling. I think for the average man, it's like five. We have like five adjectives to describe our feelings. Um, so it's hard to go into a space that you're that's so unfamiliar. So anyway, I, I I offer that as a challenge for anybody that's listening to this to to check out your stuff, Justin, at metaphys- uh, metaphysicalfitness.com. Do you have any other programs or books or anything else that you'd like to share with uh, our, the audience? Yes. Um, a beautiful bridge product I created is a workout that's combined with guided meditation that's designed to cultivate masculine energy inside of you. It's called Modern Warrior Workouts. It's on the website, metaphysicalfitness.com. So anyone who at least is into fitness if you want to get a workout, there's no extra uh, equipment needed. It's body weight, but it combines meditation with uh, circuit training. So you'll get in shape, but at the same time, you're going through these practices I'm describing. So you could do a 20-minute workout and then go stand in front of your woman and see how she responds to you. Is she more open? Is, is her, do her eyes open? Does she smile? Does her body open to you? notice what's happening in those moments. So that's one product for people who want to bridge. It's a great way to get started. The other thing is I've created a group of men who've been doing David's work for years, who've been working with me for years, where we create an offering called Masculine Mastery. And the next one is on April 16th and 17th in Santa Monica, California. And we get together as men and we teach one another the best practices we have to push our edges, to um, develop our masculine further. We do exercises. We do tons of uh, different meditation. We do warrior exercises. Um, We do even some performances pieces in public. 
So we really push a lot of people's edges in these workshops to, at the end, feel that fullness we've been describing. Um, and they can read more about that on the website as well. Fantastic. Um, if you're just listening to this, I mean, I, I am recording this on video too, but if you're just listening to this, you need to know that Justin is walking the walk. You are, a, you look like you jumped off of a, of a romance novel, my friend. I mean, you, you're easy on the eyes, I should say. I'm sure if anybody's watching the video, they can see, but Justin is, is living this uh, and he's walking it. Uh, and for anybody, for, if there's any shred of doubt still left, I would highly recommend that you let your woman listen to this and have her watch her listen to it and watch her when when Justin's explaining that deep presence and and see if if her eyes her eyebrows raise if her body shifts and you'll see it right then and there you may not even you don't even necessarily need to do it yourself just watch her experience it and then see that that's an area that you can actually step into and and I will finish this by challenging you to step into that and if you have the balls to step up and be that full authentic purpose-driven man that, that is already within you. That's another thing that I love about what you do, uh, Justin, before we go here, is that you start with the idea that you already have it. Um, a lot of other practitioners out there have this idea that it's out there and you need to go get it. And what I love about what you're doing is it's already in the body. It's already in your spirit, and it's the bullshit that's gotten in the way that we get to let go of to reveal. That's correct. Yeah. So uh, that's correct. Right awesome on. stuff. It's it's it's. I, I love uh, talking with you about this, and I appreciate uh, the time today. So thank you very much again. Metaphysicalfitness.com. Check out Justin's books. Uh, of course, again, David's book, The Way of the Superior Man, is a uh, very profound and eye-opening read. A lot of women actually have read it and learned more about the feminine uh, through the masculine eyes, which I think is fascinating. So anyway, thank you so much again for the, for the time today and the call today, Justin. I'd look forward to hopefully doing some more calls with you. It's a pleasure, Peter. Thank you for having me. All right, my friend. Take care. Take care.